This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and thanks for joining me. It's Thursday the 27th of May and here's the latest on travel and destinations from the Green List, brought to you by the Travel Desk of The Independent. Today, France is putting the UK on its version of the Amber List. When will the revised Green List be announced and which islands might make the cut? And more on the railways. The Transport Secretary has just assured me that he has absolutely no doubt passenger numbers will return. Of course, this podcast is completely free, as is my weekly travel email. You can sign up at independent.co.uk. So let's start in France. And as from Monday, the 31st of May, that's the bank holiday in the UK, of course, you are going to have to self-isolate for a week after arrival. This is in response to concerns over the Indian variant of coronavirus, and it follows similar moves from Germany and from Austria. There's also tighter regulations on testing. You currently have to get a PCR test within 72 hours of arrival. That is going to be shortened to 36 hours before arrival. That's quite challenging because, of course, there is the uh, problem that uh, PCR tests typically will take a good 24, maybe 48 hours to be processed. And so the alternative is to present an additional negative antigen test no older than 24 hours. No hotel quarantine involved unless you particularly want to, but you must be aware that self-isolation is very closely supervised by the police. Anyone who's not at their registered location means you'll get a fine of a thousand euros at least that's 870 pounds the move has caused utter dismay in the travel industry because of course businesses were hoping as travelers were that the rules would be eased as the summer season approaches and uh, Brittany ferries has blamed the failure of the UK to put India on the red list immediately following the emergence of this terrible and urgent health crisis unfolding in India. Now, that, of course, has strong implications, particularly for people who were thinking, well, let's uh, head over there in June. I do not expect it to last very long. I think once numbers start coming down in France, things should ease, but it is undoubtedly a setback. Trying to look more positively, of course, people are wondering when's the updated green list going to be announced and which islands are going to make the cut, as The Independent reported, uh, what, five weeks ago now. Uh, the government is um, quite possibly going to make islands different from the mainland, which raises all kinds of possibilities. So first of all, when's it going to happen? Loads of people think it's going to happen tomorrow, Friday the 28th of May, because that is exactly three weeks after the 
Transport Secretary announced the original green list, which of course is pretty meaningless. It only really includes Portugal, Gibraltar and Iceland as viable places where you and I can go. And it has got a three-week reviews phase, but that is not going to be timed from the 7th of May to take it to the 28th of May. I am assured it's going to be sometime between the 1st and the 7th of June. And yes, I think it would be great to have a little bit more time to plan your travels rather than just having a week's notice. But uh, that is where we are. The thing about islands is that that could unlock an awful lot of possibilities. So in particular, let's start it with Spain. The Balearic Islands, according to the Economic Circle of Mallorca, just check them uh, in the morning. New cases down to 18 per 100,000 in a week. You can roughly say that's about uh, 40 per 100,000 in a fortnight. So pretty much the level, well, lower than the level that uh, Portugal was when it was um, put on the list. Um, the R number is 0.86, which is good. Anything better than one is good. And there's a very low test positivity rate. The one thing which might act against it is I think that only about one in eight of the adult population has been vaccinated and that appears to be a important parameter except of course in the case of Australia and New Zealand but it's not an important parameter at all. Looking at the Canaries well we got bubbles going on on the three most popular islands which of course are Tenerife, Gran Canaria and uh, Lanzarote. They are very much concentrated around the big cities or the biggest cities they're not actually that big uh, Santa Cruz in Tenerife absolutely gorgeous place by the way Las Palmas in Gran Canaria really the capital of the whole of the Canaries and Arecife which I've never quite got on with particularly on the uh, eastern side of Lanzarote but those bubbles may be quite enough to stop things happening uh, keeping away from uh, uh, the Canaries looking at Greece well <sighs> I did have a kind of very straightforward list of um, effectively our favourite destinations. So Corfu, Crete, Kos, uh, Rhodes, Zante. But Corfu and Crete have got some troubling numbers. Again, mostly around the uh, uh, Corfu town, uh, also Hania and Heraklion on Crete. And so I think Rhodes, Zante, Kos and Santorini, which would be a delight, um, should be on the list. I'm not sure about Corfu and Crete. And this really only applies to islands you can get to direct. So Thassos, absolutely gorgeous, which should be among them. Um, you simply cannot get to without going to the mainland. So I do not think that that is going to happen. Of course, we will bring you the news as soon as we possibly can. But that is where things stand as they are. And on to the trains. Right. Just to give you some idea of what's happening, um, the taxpayer, that's you and me, I imagine, is paying a million pounds an hour to run largely empty trains. The passenger numbers are well below half of what they were but prior to the pandemic. That compares with road traffic which is effectively back to where it was. So people are travelling, they're just not going on trains. And a very worrying situation, not least because the whole of the rail revenue system is underpinned by people in Southeast England paying a fortune to commute to London. They're going to stop doing that 
in anything like the numbers that previously they were. We have been promised flexible season tickets, but the numbers have to be made up somehow. And I asked Grant Shapps, the Transport Secretary, about this, and his answer is that, and I quote here, as our country prospers and our economy grows, so too will our transport system. And he says, we will get prosperity because we're being more productive because we're doing more Zoom meetings. So he says, actually, Zoom meetings will be the way out of this. And his aim is to ensure increasingly our railways are just the way to travel, more comfortable, more on time, more reliable and a better experience all round. That's how we intend to rebuild numbers. And I also asked him about his decision not to extend the validity of rail cards, which, as if you are a holder, you will be aware, has been unusable during the three lockdowns. So you could well have lost half the validity of your rail card if you were shielding. Then you might have lost the whole year's validity of shielding. Um, And he chose not to respond to that but he did take time to describe the UK as the most successful political union in history so there we are that's um, that's all right then well I will obviously be watching what happens on the trains on the traffic lights and I will do all I can to bring it to you meanwhile thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe and review if you possibly can and do sign up to my new weekly travel email Simon Calder's Travel Week, also free every Friday morning at seven and packed with all sorts of tips. Indeed, in tomorrow's edition, well, I've been to explore a brand new London museum. You can find out more by signing up at independent.co.uk forward slash newsletters. But for now, from me, goodbye. Talk to you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.